0: Chapter 2 of Six Months in Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Six Months in Mexico by Nellie Bly. Chapter 2 El Paso del Norte. My dear child, do you feel rested enough? I heard my mother ask. "'Are you up already?' I asked, turning on my side, to see her as she sat, dressed, by the open window, through which came a lazy southern breeze. "'This hour,' she replied, smiling at me, "'you slept so well I did not want to rouse you. But the morning is perfect, and I want you to share its beauties with me.' The remembrance of our midnight arrival faded like a bad nightmare, and I was soon happy that I was there only at mealtime did i long for home we learned that the first train we could get for mexico would be about six o'clock in the afternoon so we decided to do the town in the meanwhile el paso which is spanish for the pass is rather a lively town it has been foretold that it will be a second denver so rapid is its growth a number of different railway lines center here and the hotels are filled the year round with health and pleasure-seekers of all descriptions. While it is always warm, yet its climate is so perfect that it benefits almost any sufferer. The hotels are quite modern, both in finish and price, and the hack drivers on a par with those in the east. The prices for everything are something dreadful to contemplate. The houses are mostly modern, with here and there the adobe huts which once marked this border, the courthouse and jail combined is a fine brick structure that any large city might boast of. Several very pretty little gardens brighten up the town with their green, velvety grasses and tropical plants and trees. The only objection I found to El Paso was its utter lack of grass. The people of position are mainly those who are there for their health, or to enjoy the winter in the balmy climate, or the families of men who own ranches in Texas. THE CHIEF PLEASURE IS DRIVING AND RIDING, AND THE DISPLAY DURING THE DRIVING HOUR WOULD PUT TO SHAME MANY EASTERN CITIES. THE CITIZENS ARE PERFECTLY FREE. THEY SPEAK AND DO AND THINK AS THEY PLEASE. IN OUR WALKS AROUND, WE HAD MANY proffer US INFORMATION, AND EVEN ASKED PERMISSION TO ESCORT US TO POINTS OF INTEREST. A WOMAN OFFERED TO SHOW US A PLACE WHERE WE COULD GET GOOD FOOD, AND WHEN SHE LEARNED THAT WE WERE LEAVING THAT EVENING FOR THE CITY OF Mexico. She urged us to get a basket of food. She said no eating cars were run on that trip, and the eating gotten along the way would be worse than Americans could endure. We afterward felt thankful that we followed her advice. El Paso, the American town, and El Paso del Norte, the pass to the north, the Mexican town, are separated as New York from Brooklyn, as Pittsburgh from Allegheny. THE RIO GRANDE, RUNNING SWIFTLY BETWEEN ITS LOW BANKS, ITS WAVES MUDDY AND ANGRY, OR SOMETIMES SO LOW AND STILL THAT ONE WOULD THINK IT HAD FALLEN ASLEEP FROM TOO LONG DUTY, DIVIDES THE TWO TOWNS. COMMUNICATION IS OPEN BETWEEN THEM BY A FERRY BOAT, WHICH WILL CARRY YOU ACROSS FOR TWO AND ONE-HALF CENTS, BY HACK, BUGGIES, AND SADDLE HORSES by the Mexican Central Railway, which transports its passengers from one town to the other, and a streetcar line, the only international streetcar line in the world, for which it has to thank Texas capitalists. It is not possible to find a greater contrast than these two cities form side by side. El Paso is a progressive, lively American town, el paso del norte is as far back in the middle ages and as slow as it was when the first adobe hut was executed in sixteen eighty it is rich with grass and shade trees while el paso is as spare of grass as a twenty-year-old youth is of beard on that side they raise the finest grapes and sell the most exquisite wine that ever passed mortals lips on this side they raise vegetables and smuggle the wine over the tobacco is pronounced unequaled, and the American pockets will carry a good deal every trip. But the Mexican is just as smart in paying visits and carrying back what can be only gotten at double the price on his side. But the Mexican custom house officials are the least exacting in the world and contrast as markedly with the United States officials as the two towns do one to the other. One of the special attractions of El Paso del Norte barring the tobacco and wine, is a queer old stone church which is said to be nearly three hundred years old. It is low and dark and filled with peculiar paintings and funnily dressed images. The old town seems to look with proud contempt on civilization and progress, and the little padre preaches against free schools and tells his poor ignorant followers to beware of the hurry and worry of the Americans, to live as their grand and great-grandfathers did so in obedience they keep on praying and attending mass sleeping smoking their cigarettes and eating frijoles beans lazily wondering why americans cannot learn their wise way of enjoying life one can hardly believe that americanism is separated from them only by a stream if they were thousands of miles apart they could not be more unlike there smallpox holds undisputed sway in the dirty streets and in the name of religion vaccination is denounced there mexican convict soldiers are flogged until the american's heart burns to wipe out the whole colony there fiestas and sundays are celebrated by the most inhuman cockfights and bullfights and monte games of all descriptions the bullfights celebrated on the border are the most inhuman i have seen in all of mexico the horns of the toros bulls are sawed off so that they are sensitive and can make but little attempt at defense which is attended with extreme pain. They are tortured until, sinking from pain and fatigue, they are dispatched by the butcher. El Paso del Norte boasts of a real Mexican prison. It is a long, one-storied adobe building, situated quite handy to the main plaza, and within hearing of the merrymaking of the town. There are no cells, but a few adobe rooms and a long court, where the prisoners talk together and with the guards, and count the time as it laggingly slips away. They very often play cards and smoke cigarettes. Around this prison is a line of soldiers. It is utterly impossible to cross it without detection. Mexican keepers are not at all particular that the prisoners are fed every day. An American, at the hands of the Mexican authorities, suffers all the tortures that some preachers delight to tell us some human beings will find in the world to come. FIRE AND BRIMSTONE It is nothing to the torments of an American prisoner in a Mexican jail. Two meals, not enough to sustain life in a sick cat, must suffice him for an entire week. There are no beds, and not even water. Prisoners also have the not very comfortable knowledge that, if they get too troublesome, the keepers have a nasty habit of making them stand up and be shot in the back. The reports made out in these cases are shot while trying to escape. In the afternoon I exchanged my money for Mexican coin, getting a premium of twelve cents on every dollar. I had a lunch prepared, and as the shades of night began to envelop the town, we boarded the train for Mexico. After we crossed the Rio Grande, our baggage was examined by the Custom House officers while we ate supper at a restaurant, which, strangely enough, was run by Chinamen. This gave us a foretaste of Mexican food and price. It was totally dark when we entered the car again, and we were quite ready to retire. There were but two other passengers in the car with us. One was a Mexican and the other a young man from Chicago. We soon bade them good night and retired to our berths to sleep while the train bore us swiftly through the darkness to our destination. End of chapter two recording by james k. White. Chula Vista.